Yes, Father God, indeed, we love you, Jesus, and thank you that the war is yours, the battle is won. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that your will be done this day. Your will, the same will that's being done in heaven, be done on earth, in and through us, Lord God, and through your people, through the remnant, through those who have committed themselves to follow you, and you've committed yourself to leading us, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us. I thank you you made a way. You paid the death penalty for us. I thank you you've given us power over all the power of the enemy, power to live, power to die, power to forgive our enemies, love our enemies, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, for giving us power to bind and loose, to forbid and permit. I thank you, Jesus, for giving us the power to um, to forgive even those who um, <laughs> have hurt us, Father. Thank you for giving us peace. We thank you for your peace in the midst of this anxious and troubled and tormented world, Father, full of sin and devastation. We thank you, Lord, for uh, you've promised to go with us, to never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, Lord, for the um, this uh, the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We bind the spirits of delay, hindrance, re- uh, rejection, uh, bitterness, contempt, confusion, all of those things, oh, being overwhelmed. We bind and forbid those enemies, spirits of offense. We bind the spirit of fear. We bind the God of this age who would bring fear and, and, and insecurity and control and witchcraft. We forbid them, God, in Jesus' name, and that's what you said we could do. And we thank you now, Lord God, for protecting us as well, our health and safety and all that pertains to us. And those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and have come to us and are listening to this show today, Father God, may they be blessed, encouraged, and find peace with you in Jesus' name. Give us your wisdom. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Psalm 139. Yes. Uh, We're talking today about the roots of anxiety. Yeah, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Anxiety is uh, was another name for fear. Yeah, fear. Um, you know, fear, anxiety, worry, concern. All these are words that kind of come out of that basic word fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And the problem is people do not know that they're loved and they do not know that they're loved perfectly by God. And that relationship has been uh, troubled. And so we're worried about whether God likes us or not. And, you know, it's interesting in this verse you just read, Jerry, that um, search me, O God. You know, let your spirit look through my heart, through my mind, through my motives, through my um, decisions, through my ing- agreements. Try me and know my anxieties. As, as we are tried and put through the crucibles, uh, the tests, uh, the, the worst, what's hidden in the darkness comes out, the anxieties, the fear, the bitterness, the, uh, the hidden agreements. All of those things will come out under the, the pressure of a test and that's why God permits the enemy to test us because he wants those impurities. That's what they do when they refine silver and gold. The, the fire, the heat pulls those impurities to the top and the same with us. But notice here he says, and see if there is any wicked way in me uh, and lead me in the way everlasting. The wicked way part kind of struck me 
Um, because, you know, first of all, let's go back for a second. Anxiety uh, comes from not knowing we're loved and not knowing that God is good and not knowing who we are and not knowing it's all been, you know, God's gone before us. Jesus has made the way. So not knowing that God is good. So a lack of trust in the goodness of God, I, I really believe, creates a lot of anxiety in people's minds well, and hearts. Related to that, there's there's that sense that something is really wrong with us. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Adam and Eve, you know, ate of the forbidden fruit in the Garden yeah. of Eden, um, he says they heard uh, Genesis 3, beginning with verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, like they could really do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like they wouldn't see him. <laughs> then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. God was not saying, oh, oh, I can't seem to find him. Where are you? Tell, let me know where you are. God knew where he was. Exactly. But he said, is, where as far as his state, of his being. condition, mm-hmm. what's going on with you, Adam? And this whole idea, there had never been fear before. Because there had never been sin before. Right. And that was the problem because the relationship between God and Adam and Eve was filled with love and comfort and companionship and communication and 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 so Adam was basically saying the thing that first was fear brings the thought of I am in trouble I'm in trouble because of my sin and that's where we go back to this examine me know my anxieties see if there's any wicked way in me and it's you know for for people honestly to let the Lord examine them about their motives and their ways and their opinions and their and our I should say our ways of doing things, um, people are pretty resistant to God's examination because they're they don't know God is good, and they know that they're they've done they've sinned, and so when we sin, we know that you know the wages of sin is death. Sin cuts us off from life, cuts us off from God, and I think that's what Adam was going through right there. But it's interesting that fear came into the world at the at the moment sin came into the world. Yes, and so perfect love was. Um, challenged it was you know it was challenged it was there was a violation there and there's that sense of something's wrong i think most of us human beings live with this whole concept because of sin mm-hmm. that something's wrong well and, and it's kind of half true and something really is is wrong mm-hmm. and the question is how do i is, is there any relief for this so mm-hmm. so, so some people you know, choose religion as a way of kind of covering their guilt. And and I, if I do this and this, and somehow I will be okay. I'm trying to make myself okay. Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together. Right, that's to true. To try, try in their own way to make themselves right. okay. Right, before God, yeah. But they knew in their hearts they weren't. Right. And no matter what we try to do mm-hmm. to make ourselves right in our own sight and in God's sight, it doesn't it, work. It, it fails. Yeah. So uh, they were hiding. They were ashamed. They were trying to fix something. And then we go, but that is religion. Religion is all about how to fix it. And there's many ways Satan offers us to fix it. But going back to God is good. Adam forgot for a minute that God was good. Or maybe he didn't. I mean, he knew God was good, but maybe he thought now that I've done this, God won't be 
uh, nice He's to me He's good anymore. and I'm bad. Yeah, and so therefore we, we can't, can't get along anymore. Yeah, but in Psalm 145, 145.8, now this is where we need to really focus our lives on the, on the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, but mostly at this point, the goodness of God. In, in 145.8 of Psalms, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Um, this we forget, God is gracious, compassionate, um, full of tender mercy. Because why? Because we don't see that often demonstrated in his people. And the people who even claim to follow God, be God's followers, you don't see that compassion. And so I'm going to give a quick list of the roots of anxiety, and then we're going to go back and look at each one. So first of all, the first reason there are there's anxiety is because we do not recognize that God is good. He's gracious and full of compassion. Not that we can take advantage of him and use his, you know, take, you know uh, 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 what's the word? Um, uh, lean on or, or expect him to just forgive and get rid of and do everything uh, to ignore what needs to, to be dealt with. automatically make us right, no matter. We have to cooperate with his righteousness yeah. and his, uh, and part of that cooperation is actually confession of sin and repentance. Number two, um, I'm just going to go back over these in a minute. We will, but so um, the. Uh, Personal sin, we could say number one is personal sin, not knowing God is good, and then that issue of personal sin that Adam <laughs> demonstrated. Uh, secondly, uh, we're anxious when we're exposed to violent men and evil men, evil, uh, wicked people who are out to get us, whether it's emotionally or physically. Uh, three, when we're overwhelmed, um, we're feeling alone, accused, isolated, unloved, uh, judged, um, and our, that, and our circumstances uh, beat up on us. Number four, when there's a delay in, in and unanswered prayer, um, where is God? That kind of cre- creates an anxiety and a distress. Number five, uh, being judged and unforgiven by others, held in contempt, held in bitterness, uh, backbiting, um, talking behind the back. Um, those kinds of words are spoken over us that we don't necessarily know are being spoken of us can create great trouble and anxiety, not only for the people who speak them, but for the, for us who, it's like hitting us with burning hail and fire, fire uh, brimstone because of the words are, are powerful, death and life. Um, and then six, um, those who call God, call Jesus, Lord, Lord, but do not really walk it out and there's a great ruin to their cities. They're built on the sand. That kind of, um, what would you call that, uh, deception, delusion, where they think that they're doing it good and they're really not, and it doesn't mm-hmm. give them peace. So the real fruit of following the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is true peace. Yes. Um, and then seven, fear of man brings a snare. We can become anxious about what other people are thinking what they're, um, you know, how they see us, and, and we become all tangled up in what they are expecting. And finally, anxiety comes from and produces both hardness of heart and lack of love and compassion. So when you're anxious, um, you know, or being, or there's, a, there's a feeling that there's a hardness, other people are hard towards you, or you are um, pulling back, isolating, don't want to deal with them because they're difficult to deal with. So, um, so anxiety is a lack of peace 
that comes from actually what we talk about sometimes is the torture rack. And uh, what that is where Satan sets you up in opposition to yourself. On one side, you're feeling overwhelmed, and that's true. Too much to do, don't know, you know, you just, you've got to do all this stuff, get it done, no help, no money, no whatever, no resources. So you're overwhelmed by whatever it is you're trying to do to survive or to accomplish a task that seems critical to you. And then on the other side, we have... um, uh, don't know where to start. So we have confusion. So there's on one side of the torture rack and overwhelmed on the other side is confusion. So I don't know where to start. And then I just kind of like get stuck because I don't know where to get this thing going. Well, and then you just come to the place where you just want to give up. That's true. Say you don't care and just drop yeah. out on it. That's what many people have done. So let's go back to Psalm 140, 145 for a minute. There's a couple of cool verses in there. We're talking here about the goodness of God. So when you know God is good, God loves you, God's for you, God knows already the steps of all of us, Not you know where we're going to fall, where we're going to be tempted, where we're going to be drawn into the wilderness. He knows it all. And so he's not shocked. He's not disappointed. He's with us in his whole uh, faithful um, watching over us is to bring us safely out of all of these pits that Satan sets up for us. Um, so go to verse, uh, let's see, um, uh, let's see, you're, Dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord, verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall. Is that true? Does it feel like that? No. Does it look like that? Probably not. Is it the truth? Yes. Why is it the truth? Because God cannot lie. He raises up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. It says he even sends rain on the just and the unjust. He's nice even to the unthankful. And so then it's the verse, um, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways, gracious in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to those who call upon him in truth. He, is fu- he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. So there's a, there's a gap oftentimes between um, our, our experience Right. of doubt, fear, anxiety, frustration, confusion. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in that, kind of in that uh, Mindset. Ma- matrix mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of, of uh, confusion, the order of things in this world, the, the, the order, the disorder, the confusion, the fear, the attacks, all this stuff. So we, we, we kind of live in that and just get overwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. Swallow it up. And, and looking where we fail to look at these things about the the goodness of God that God is caring for. So in other words, we're kind of faked out by our circumstances. Right, by our feelings. And our feelings, mm-hmm. and, and then then we just don't seem to look to his word at the mm-hmm. goodness of God because there seems to be such a, uh, a gap, a credibility gap, could we say, mm-hmm. between our experiences uh, on earth in our daily life and the greatness and the goodness and the power of God um, to to be to be there right. to, that it is there mm-hmm. His goodness, grace, and mercy are there to help us. Yeah, well, we're committed. This we're committed most of the time to honor our own feelings and opinions. We're not really too eager to repent or confess or to give up our position. Um, the verse of the week last week was so appropriate for the United States of America and the world and us 
verse uh, 319 of Acts, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the time, the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. Now, so the thing is, we have this growing anxiety in the world because people are not willing to repent. They're not willing to check out of their old feelings, emotions being faked out, figuring it out by what they feel and what it looks like. They're not willing to move over into the software of walking in the spirit. The Bible says walk in the spirit, not the soul, not the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is always craving something, needing something, weak to give up, to, you know, uh, vulnerable um, to the temptations of the enemy. So when we allow the Lord to search us, and he does, and he is allowing the things that are hidden in our hearts, agreements, opinions, even things we're maybe so used to doing and familiar with that we don't even see that they're there, but they're actually very offensive to God because they're, they're wicked, they're unkind, they're um, not loving, they're full of fear. And God is very, very interested in the full complete refining developing of his children to be mighty warriors, sons and daughters, you know, like a, a very good trainer, a very good coach, you know, he's training up young athletes of some sort. He is going to watch their every move, how they make the, their muscles, the, the stance, the, the way they hold the ball, the way they hold the bat, if that's what it is, the way they jump on the, the bar if they're gymnastics. Every, because every little tiny thing, timing, mm-hmm. motion, muscles, movements, all will determine their success. And so God is doing the same kind of refining process in us. And we get, we, you know, the athlete doesn't get irritated with the coach usually. I mean, they're thinking the coach wants them to do good and they're going to listen to the coach. The coach knows what they're talking about. But in life, we get irritated with this Holy, the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what, mm. you need to confess that. You need to acknowledge that you've been in the wrong or you've made that agreement. And sometimes, like I said, we don't realize those subconscious agreements we've made until a circumstance arises and God refines us, puts the heat on us, puts the pressure on us, and pulls up to the surface this thing he wants to get rid of. And go ahead. So that what has to happen that there has to be, this has to be communicated, the goodness of God, the things that are di- di- displeasing to him in our lives, and w- what do we do to, yeah. to be free? And well, repent, repent means to change your mind, change your direction. It's not turning over a l- new leaf. It's not living according to the power of positive thinking. Right. But it's, it's a matter of coming into an agreement with God about the things that are wrong in our lives, and about his his character and his goodness yeah. and moving in that direction. But so many people are stuck well, in their own life, in the own the matrix of their own life. It's a it's a um, yeah, it's a rut. But it, they, it's, a, it's a rut. But so they become offended with God. A lot of times Satan will bring up an offense in us, in our mind, in our heart about a, a judgment we actually make against God. We're offended with God well, for maybe not answering the prayer the way we thought or uh, believing a lie about God that he doesn't really care about us. I mean, that he does it for other people and not for us. And these are ways Satan wants to set up us up in opposition to God to be offended with him and not trust him, and then we become anxious. Somehow there has to be a communication 
about the goodness and the greatness of God and our need to come to him yeah. and that he is here to, to, in a sense, clear the air, to clear clear the the uh, clutter of confusion and fear about the goodness of God and, and, and out of our, out of our lives. But so, so many people are, are kind of cut off from that information that right. will help them do that. Right. And the word of God is that information right. that will help us do that. And it, and, it, and it's communicated um, many times Poorly. people Poorly. that are, are supposedly ministers of the word mm-hmm. do not communicate that to, to, to the people. One, yeah, one of the things I just thought of and I noticed this is that ministers who are supposed to be communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace and good news, on the other side of that coin of grace and good news, the gospel is a super offense to those who are, you know, in the world and those who don't want to give up their worldly ways and those who are, mm-hmm. you know, secured in their allegiance to the devil. But so what the church does, it does two things that are not right. Number one, it tries to... Um, you know, it knows the gospel has some offense. You know, it's sort of offensive for you to come up to say to someone, come up and say to them, you need to repent. You know, you're sinning. They're going to take it personal. They're going to get mad. And They're so, going to go. So this gospel message of repent, can be converted, uh, change your mind, confess your sins, is couched in all kinds of fun and games and, you know, um, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Well, it's, it's all, it's all soft. It gets softened, softened and, yeah, and watered and down because we don't want to bribes, offend anybody. You know, we're going to give you, you know, come, you know, come to church and we'll have all this fun. We'll have these lovely amenities and, and you won't have to, and, and we'll ease the pain of having to confess your sin. When in fact the opposite should be done, you should have a, 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 not not lack of compassion, not, not lack of love, but a serious look at sin because sin is nothing to be uh, condoned or, or played around with or it's something to be dealt with. And then the other side of the gospel that's mistreated, they, they, they want to soften the true nature of sin. And, and the second thing they do wrong is they try to m- teach us to believe that we can make it all good and all right by working, by being good, by trying harder, by keeping all these church rules and commandments and, and you know, social etiquette expectations, right. instead of um, teaching us that God is good, it is done, we have nothing to do but rejoice and praise Him for our salvation, and then go forward and tell the good news to other people. Right, and in some, some churches, are, you know, put, put you on a treadmill where you're, you're never doing enough. You're never mm-hmm. doing it right. Mm-hmm. You're always something wrong. You're always something should in be, your, Should be, should there's be, There's always something in your life that's wrong. Or and, that, and no matter what you do, I mean, you get that straightened out, and then something else has gone wrong. And after a while, people just get worn out and say, forget right, it. Right, right. But here... here well, well, can I comment on that? So, yeah. they, they, so the church puts all these expectations in front of people that really aren't God's expectation. And then you fail, and then you get upset, offended. You go away, you give up, and you believe that this is God. You believe that God is expecting you to be perfect. God you know, he made us perfect. We are made in his image. And all he wants us to do is return to who we really are and follow him. And the only way we're going to get back to who we really are is to follow him back to who we are, know who we are. And then actually you give up, you you give up your life, your rights, and you die. Like Paul says, um, I'm crucified with Christ so that you can be alive unto the true nature of the Spirit of God and the, and the gospel of Jesus Christ's salvation. And, but, but again, going back to what you just said, 
all of these expectations set up by the church that are uh, connected with somehow making God happy, whether it's church commandments, like I said, or, or various, it's, it's all linked somehow to making God happy. And then when you fail to keep all of those expectations and rules, then you assume God is not happy and with you. And when God is not happy with you, then we, we, we cower away from like Adam, we cower away from uh, the presence of God, the goodness of God, the forgiveness of God. And we want to do it ourselves, And we try harder to sew those fig leaves together. And that makes us anxious. Most Christians are suffering from what I call Christian neurosis. They're yes. afraid. They're worried. They don't think they're good enough. They don't know what, where God's at for them. They can't just come right into his office running, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Abba, you know, this is going to da-da-da. They don't do that. They, they, you know, well, we can't bother God with something so small as that, you know. Um, well, another thing here, too, is that there's expectations for if you're not doing this, if you're not in this committee, if you're not you know, helping here, helping there, doing this. And then and then there is preaching, dealing with sin. And it's like, and, and you, you feel, people feel convicted of mm-hmm. sin all the time. And then they repent and then there's something else. What's, there's a, there's a sort of a fine line here between what God is always refining us, right? Right. He's always pointing out things that need to, change within well, us. He said repent, but there's some, there's a difference to me between um, being all tormented and being involved in Christian neurosis and then the, the aspect of where God is refining me and that I love him and that he is showing me things that I need to change in order to mm-hmm. help me to be who he's called me to be. So there is no fine line, I don't believe. I don't think it's, there's not a fine line in a child growing from three to four years old or five to six. There's no fine line. It's there, It's a developing, it's a growing process. And as they, and you know, children don't try to grow. I mean, they sometimes worry about, am I going to get tall? What if you do to get tall? You don't, you know, they're trying to grow up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you don't grow up by worrying about it. You, you just live, you eat, you mm-hmm. run and play, you do whatever you do. And I think we are, we've tried to make this a mechanical process and it's not a mechanical process of, okay, I can weight train, I can bodybuild, I can do this, this, and this to be something. No, no, you just let, there's no line. God is developing us. God is the one who's faithful to complete the work he's begun in us. And that's the problem. We put the, we put the work, somehow Satan puts the work back on us to do what Jesus has already done. And then we become upset uh, or obsessed with trying to be perfect. And um, so this kind of separates, brings up a, a lot of confusion between us and God. God is good. And we need to know that now, especially now when everything else out there is evil and out to get you. And then we, well, that slips us to the next point. Yeah, let me share that. It is God that is at work in us to mm-hmm. will and well, to do yeah, of his good, good pleasure. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, listening to him, following. There's a whole, there's a there's a peace. peace. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a flow how we call it, uh, a, a natural, supernatural walk. development, mm-hmm. a walk with mm-hmm. him, and mm-hmm. then he is speaking to us. He is refining us. He is leading us. And, and he is leading Into us. All and truth. So, mm-hmm. so there's a freedom from all this yeah. uh, Christian Well, it's neurosis. not up to me. It's not up to me at all because the Holy Spirit lives in me. It's only up to me to let the Holy Spirit lead me. And that's where you get into the second place where people get anxious, and so they begin to control things. All witchcraft 
comes from insecurity. People who are insecure, people who have been traumatized, they don't trust, they're going to take control, they're going to manage, manipulate people's situations, circumstances to create evil, evil situations that are not full of love, but full of backbiting and full of of violence. In Psalm 140, verse 1, this is the second way we get anxious. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. And this is, uh, again, this is another real uh, concern for people who um, are surrounded with um, people who hate them or are judging them or trying or afraid of them, or maybe afraid of their... Look, think of the prophets, how many times evil surrounded them. People tried to kill them or throw them in pits or... Um, silence them, uh, kill them, actually, they did that indeed. Um, And do not grant, O Lord, the desire of the wicked. Do not further his wicked schemes, lest they be exalted. So I don't want these people to prevail so that their way gets to be promoted and I get crushed into the dust. But I have to trust in the Lord. Jesus committed himself to God, who he knew was able to keep his soul. Um, Do not, let not a slanderer be established in the earth, let evil hunt the violent and overthrow him. Um, evil, evil hunt the violent man and overthrow him. I know this is where we go with back with God is good. Verse 12, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name and the upright shall dwell in your presence. This is the ultimate end that God will protect. God will judge. God is righteous. God is good. God is for me. And all of these evil, nasty people that are in your life right now aren't there to break you, but to make you if you listen to God and follow God and trust him. And we have to, I believe, these feelings of being chased and tracked. For example, Psalm 143, there's another, there's many Psalms. You do well to read them, uh, meditate, pray upon them. These are some, some of these are the Psalms of David, and we know how he was attacked um, Psalm 143.3, the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. How many can relate to that from time to time? He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. So the heart is distressed. David is overwhelmed. He's being tested, tempted to believe, is God there? Did he really anoint me to be king? Is this all going to work out? In verse 7, then he says, Answer me speedily, O Lord, for my spirit fails. So this test has gotten so bad that it's moved over into his very spirit where he's asking God to deliver him um, lest he go down into the pit. Yeah, there's so many things in Scripture, too. Proverbs 28 and 29, you do well to read through there, too, about how about uh, uh, that those who, when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Mm -hmm. Proverbs, the last part of Proverbs 29, 2. So the anxiety grows, and that's where we are right now in this crucible. It's a crucible. We have the multiplication in our country of evil Evil. men, evil 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 rulers that are oppressors. They're they're 
you know, horrible, horrible things that are going on. So, But we know the good news is God knew from the foundation of the world we would be here. These would be the days we would be living in. He's got a plan. Jesus is the way. He's planning and getting us through all of this as we follow him. But It says in Proverbs twenty nine sixteen, when the wicked are multiplied, Mm-hmm. transgression increases. And that means anxiety is increased then too. Got. Yeah. And it says, but the righteous will see their fall. Oh man, we need to stand and, and realize that God is the judge. And he is, and you know, that's another thing is when these wicked, wicked, wicked are prevailing, they're getting by with this and that, and they're hurting you and uh, stealing from you and talking about you behind your back and hurting uh, the things that are good, uh, separating families, those kinds of things. When when that's going on, that's Wick, yeah, wicked, wicked laws. That's Satan. Then the spirit edicts. of offense, the spirit of of anxiety. They come after us. We have to really allow the Lord to determine how we're going to respond. We cannot respond with our typical natural, like Adam did. You know, natural responses. Um, and so God says, you have to forgive. If you want justice, you have to forgive. If you want forgiveness, you got to forgive. And so one of the most difficult and powerful things God is allowing us to do is to love our enemy and forgive him, release him from our judgment, turn it over to God for his judgment and trust God. And this is where the trust of God comes in. Do you trust God to bring justice or do you think you can get it for yourself? So you have to, you must, I know it's hard. I know they did a lot of wrong things. I know they're seeming to get by with it. I know that there seems they're just on a roll and you're just being rolled over and crushed like the psalmist was saying. But it, it faith and trust in the goodness of God, the justice of God says, I will let go of it. I will let God deal with this. I will walk in my integrity. Otherwise, you're going to get anxious. But if you have the peace with God, you know God is good, then you know it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. And Proverbs 29, 25, and I think we'll talk about this as probably in next next broadcast. The fear of man brings a snare. Mm-hmm. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe, or the word safe there means you'll be secure and set on high. So there there's this is one of the greatest fears, and I think we'll probably talk have to talk about that next right. time, is the fear of man. What will people think? What mm-hmm. are they gonna oh. do to me? What will happen? How will I look? How will they see me? All what judgments stuff. will they make? What a what a bondage. What and a I think bondage. again an anxiety, just wrapping it up, is anxiety comes from worrying about what people think about you or how you look. And, and, and you know, the, the truth is we have to stand up for the truth, no matter how popular or, or unpopular it is. We have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, yeah. which, you know, you can be anxious and say, oh, I got to preach the gospel. Or you, can, or you can say, you know, I want to do this. I'm okay with doing this. I'm okay with preaching the good news because it's not about me. I'm like Paul says, I'm dead anyway. I'm dead already. You know, I'm still hanging around for your good, but I'm, you know, He'd given up his own uh, opinions and his own uh, expectations of himself, and he wasn't anxious, although he had plenty he could have been anxious about. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for removing those spirits of fear, anxiety, worry, uh, unbelief, condemnation from us, even the ones that come against us uh, towards ourselves and towards our relationship with you, Lord God, that we will not only know that you are good, but that you are also good all the time and that you love us and that your heart towards us is one of goodness and peace and mercy, deliverance, reconciliation, favor, and justice. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, 
Um, forgot to tell you at the beginning. I'll tell you now. Don't forget to go to liferecovery.com and check out God on Trial. It's our newest audio drama. There are many things on that website that are hidden. I tell you what, these are things that are full of truth, full of encouragement, full of um, accuracy, and yet they're super, super hidden. So I believe that the enemy does not want us to find, discover uh, like a little gold mine of good uh, nuggets of truth and help and encouragement. Be encouraged, guys. We love you. Talk to you next week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.